Oh yeah, they just snapped it off. That's a a literal jagged snapped edge. Oh man, somebody's got to get hurt from that. Nice body on that kid though. <laughs> I mean, I mean he, cli- uh, he climbed up there. He must be pretty strong. It's not what I look like in college, but hey, <laughs> good for you, buddy. Welcome in. This is episode 79. Wow. This project podcast is getting geriatric. <laughs> we are getting up there in age, but 79 shows of the Red Shirt Water Boys podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Mm. Uh, I mean, let's start nowhere else uh, other than the home cooking that we've been chowing down on for this past week. Big winner. Big big ticket area over here. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. And listen, if you've been listening to this podcast, would you have thought that two weeks into October, we would be starting the show, leading the show? Leading with, off, some would say. <laughs> with baseball. Uh, I would doubt it. Uh, mid-football season, here we are still talking about baseball. But how could we not? We're as shocked as you are. The Philadelphia Phillies have shocked the world, shocked me for sure, uh, by not only getting to the playoffs and breaking their 11-year drought, Mm -hmm. uh, winning their first playoff series in 12 years, uh, and in doing so, taking out the third-seeded St. Louis Cardinals. That is not where this story ends because we will continue to watch our team as they have now knocked off the defending World Series champion Atlanta Braves. They're the two seed, right? They are the two seed. Nice. So the Phillies have taken care of business against the third best team in the National League and the second best team in the National League. Hmm. So now, who's left? You probably think... The best team in the National League. Oh, no. Because as of last night. In the wee hours. In the wee hours. It was very wee. It it had to be. I mean, the rain delay plus the West Coast timing. I mean, geez. The San Diego Padres. The fifth-seeded San Diego Padres upset the Los Angeles baseball Dodgers. Mm-hmm. The 111 game winning Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm. I can't believe it. I (laughs) just can't believe it. So after all the dust has settled, after all the division races heated up, cooled down and, and turned around. What are we left with on the National League side of baseball? A Nola Nola matchup. <laughs> wow. A, a even brotherly matchup, brotherly love. Philadelphia Phillies, the six-seeded last team in the playoffs versus the San Diego Padres, the second-to-last team <laughs> into the playoffs. I, and we're playing for World Series. I, I cannot even believe that this is happening. Uh, it came out of seemingly nowhere. 
Uh, everybody contributing. Everybody having a great. I mean, man, I can't believe it. I cannot believe that we're I, here. I, I just can't believe. I don't know. Well, we were at the first game. Oh my god! And by the first game, he means of the NLD. Sorry, sorry. Game three, the, the first, only game that mattered. The I'm first sorry. game in Philadelphia. Yes, continue. Yeah. And I just don't know how any team could come in there and win. Honestly. Genuinely. Did you hear the Kyle Schwarber quote? I did not. No. He was asked, or they were interviewing him after the game last night, and he said, you know, for all the teams he's played for, for all the playoffs he's been in, um, this was by far and away the best divisional series he's ever been a part of. He said that the atmosphere was unlike anything he's ever experienced, the coolest thing he's ever been a part of. Like, and just, uh, I mean, not to not to put it light, like, Kyle Schwarber's been some places. Mm. He started with the 100-year drought Chicago Cubs. Yep. So to think that that was a better atmosphere than a team that hasn't won a World Series in 100 years finally getting back to the playoffs and playing for one, that speaks volumes in and of itself. He also played with the Boston Red Sox I in know. the playoffs. <laughs> so like Fenway, Wrigley. I mean, if these you're are diehard of, fan bases. If those you're are thinking diehards. of great places to play baseball in October, those are two great I'll say ones. The most historic, other than the Yankees, like the most historic baseball franchises in history. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to beat my chest too hard about this, but genuinely, you don't know what you got until it's gone, and you don't know what you did have until it comes back. That's because, true. I mean, this was everything and more. You had. Guys who came back, you had, I mean, everything, everything about the atmosphere, uh, the fans, the players played great. Let's, let's not, you know, sugarcoat it. The Phillies shellacked the Braves. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Braves came up to Philly thinking, all right, maybe we split. At worst, we go back to Atlanta for game five. You know, at best, we'll get in and out two games, whatever. And, I mean... Look no further than their manager saying, yeah, we've played in hostile environments before. We'll Not be like fine. <laughs> I, I really genuinely, I, I've never, for a fan base being told constantly that we are, you know, Bush League or, you know, somehow ruder than other fan bases, for then to then, for, for other people to then say, well, it's not that hostile an environment. Bro, every time we're in Philly with Santa and batteries get brought up. Oh, my God, up. dude. You know I, I mean? have to talk like, about this. Hold on, hold on. I was listening to the broadcast yesterday, and freaking Fox, they're spending every pitch. They're like, what a great fan base. I'm like, okay, where are you for the last 50 freaking years, that's man? That's what I'm saying. All not of a, a sudden, single battery, not a single Santa, not a single booing your own player. Now, all of a sudden, we're the jewel of the National League. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Jesus Christ. I love it. I mean, Sorry. I love the passion. Because that's how it feels. Yeah, it's true. It feels like for so long we've been the, you know, I think we've been the best fan base. I mean, God, for all those playoff runs back in the day, we sold out every game. Every game we sold out. Uh, and now we finally get back to the playoffs and do it on a national stage and people are starting to take notice again. Uh, and it's become, wow, Philly is, is the place to play. Yeah. And on every level, <laughs> I want every Eagles and Sixers player, coach, whoever in attendance to take note because, listen, all of a sudden, w without any warning, 
Philadelphia has become the powerhouse of sports. The Philadelphia Eagles, because Evan loves to say that we're a football town first. So we'll start there. We are there. first, football town first, sorry. The Philadelphia Eagles are the last undefeated team in the NFL. The Philadelphia Phillies have now upset two of the best teams in the National League to secure a spot to play for a World Series. Hmm. The Philadelphia 76ers had an undefeated preseason and are looking to go on a title run with, uh, dare I say, three superstars? Because Hmm. Tyrese Maxey has looked unbelievable. He just keeps getting better and better. I mean... No ceiling. That guy is... Okay, and then, I mean, the Flyers, I forget them, but the Union, yeah, a buy in the playoffs. So, all of a sudden, uh, L.A., New York, uh, all these other places that are wooing free agents, nah, come play for these fans. Yeah. Come play for this city. I yeah. mean, there's no better marketing ploy than just putting our game on Fox so that everyone can see it. And I'm sure Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid and every other player who was at one of these Phillies games is like, holy F, we got to get to these playoffs again Yep. and get to a meaningful game. Because like once the Sixers get by that second round, it's been what's haunted them for years. Once they get to a conference finals, they'll feel it. Yeah. I saw a funny energy will be inside, which is unbelievable to think about. I can't even imagine that because it was deafening outside. I mean, I saw a tweet that was like, I'm glad Joel could come see someone get out of the second round. And I was like, <laughs> there hey, you go. not wrong. Yeah, not wrong. I, I'll it, take it. It's what it's all about. I mean, we've long said that the Phillies have kind of underachieved. And, you know, is it the bullpen? Is it the pitching? Is it the everything came together? Mm. The starting pitching was brilliant. Yep. The best pitched game was the loss. Yeah. Okay. And it was with your three was that the ranger game or the wheeler game no so ranger pitched game one he won wheeler pitched a gem in game two and he lost nola pitches a gem he wins and then noah Syndergaard. yeah out of nowhere i mean 2015 like like the movie Endgame. out of nowhere here comes the superhero to sweep in and save our i i can't say enough about that can we give sir anthony Sir Anthony Dominguez, like his props. The dude's been lights out. Dude, Sir Anthony, uh, Jose Alvarado. I can't tell you how many moans and complaints I get about him. Uh, He came in clutch. I mean, even the guys who like shouldn't really see it in a meaningful game, like Brad Hand, Connor Brock, like those guys. Connor Brogdon played great. I was so surprised. They came in, they were lights out, they did their job and they left. I mean, everybody. Everyone's doing exactly what they're supposed to do. And it wasn't like, okay, Bryce Harper probably had the best series of anybody. Sure. Uh, but Nick Castellanos. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boy, it's nice to see you. <laughs> uh, I mean, Reese Hoskins finally got on the board. Everybody. Yeah. JT Romuto, the first inside the park home run for a catcher in postseason hit ever. That was so much fun. That was so good. Come on. I, it's just like, it's crazy too because with all the pitching and how good everyone is doing we're not like blowing out a bullpen pitcher oh like yeah. he's coming in boom 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 done sit him next guy up and like you know, everyone's fresh it we we said it a couple times that during the broadcast they, they were hyping up the braves because 
you know, Charlie Morton they oh had God. going in an elimination game. He's been uh, probably the best pitcher in playoff history in elimination games. 5-0 and in elimination games was his stat before yesterday. Uh, we tagged him for three runs, and he was out before the third inning. Yeah. Uh, you know, Max Fried in game one. Uh, I don't know. Max Fried, he's been pitching great all year. We got to him in the first inning, and we got him for two runs, yep. and we kept getting to him. I, I mean, it was guy after guy and just – even the young guys, Bryson Stott, Alec Bohm, Brandon Marsh, coming through, man. I, it's all just coming together at the perfect time. It is. Everybody's finally healthy. Um, it's been great. Elsewhere oh around baseball, I, I don't want to gush too much because <laughs> obviously there's still games to be played. But elsewhere around baseball, like I said, the Padres and the Dodgers played game four last night in the wee wee hours, and the Padres came from behind in the seventh inning and rip the hearts out of L.A. So I think also, not to go back to this, but the best part of it all is that the Atlanta Braves fans don't get a chance to counter what Philadelphia did. Yeah. Mm. Like the Philadelphia fans showed out in the only way they know how, which is to the biggest degree, and the Atlanta Braves don't get a chance in Game 5 to counter with their own playoff atmosphere you had your chance in game one and two you blew it we came here and we're not letting you see him again mm. so better luck next year so that's the best part the Padres did the same thing to the to the Dodgers and I guess it's not a surprise because the Padres are a great team yeah um they just got some some things going for them at the, at the right time and you know what tip of my cap to the Padres just before obviously we have to you know talk bad on you because we're playing you but thank you for beating the Mets Oh, yeah. my God. That, thank you. That cannot go uh, unsaid because seeing now the Mets and the Braves, two bitter, bitter rivals of the Phillies, not get this far, and we're, we're still standing, uh, that's, that's pretty dang sweet. Um, I also have to – I think it's interesting that we're now coming to a head with Manny Machado versus Bryce Harper. <laughs> the two free agents of that year Yep. Uh, where, I mean, the Phillies could have gotten both, but we settled for one. And as of last year, <laughs> as of last year, it looked like, oh, crap, we probably should have gone Manny Machado. And now, uh-uh, here it comes. This is the showdown. Yeah, here, it, this it, is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> it is exciting. I am Was it worth it? Pumped. I am pumped. Uh, on the American League side of things, the Seattle Mariners, who broke their 21-year playoff drought, um, they got into the ALDS, which was cool, the divisional series out of the wild card round, uh, but they fall in three games to the Houston Astros. A mm. um, little sad, but I guess the better Pretty team. disappointing. The better team did win. I mean, sure. Well, the cheating team a- did win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I still not convinced cheating. they're not cheating. Well, I mean, they're, they're good, but. They also might be cheating. They could be. Uh, but the thing about it is, you know, if you lose in three games, the underseeded team only gets one game at home. So those Seattle Mariners fans who had been waiting throughout the whole wild card round and now through the whole divisional series only get to watch their team for one game. Um, mm. But it's okay because that one game did last 18 innings. So that's two games worth of baseball. Best bang for your buck. <laughs> that is actually uh, funny. <laughs> so you know, Seattle Mariners fans, I guess, rest easy because uh, it looks like your team's going to be in good hands. But again, maybe next year. And then the only other series... Uh, was the Cleveland Guardians and the New York Yankees, the Bronx Bombers. Mm. 
but the Bombers went silent because the Guardians are up 2-1 in that series uh, with Game 4 coming up here. So, Are they playing today? I believe they are playing today. It is interesting, as I kind of update you on where we are, where we stand, that the best team in the, in the MLB is out. That was the Dodgers. Um, the three teams that won 100 games on the National League side are all out. That's the Mets, Braves, and Dodgers. Uh, and now it is looking increasingly likely that the Yankees will maybe be joining the ill-fated teams with a bye. Because the only ones that get got through so far are the Houston Astros. So people are, you know, starting to question this new format of baseball playoffs to say, is this really fair to the teams that were dominant all year to not reward them with something? They got rewarded like, with a buy. That's man. exactly what I said. I'm what like, else well, do you want? Like Well, I'm like, okay, if you don't want to play a hot team, be the hot team and just mm-hmm. get the three seed or something. Like you could have been the Cardinals, but you know, saw what happened to them. Uh, but like, I don't understand what you're looking for because you know the old old model was that four teams made it, three divisions and a wild card, and everybody played all the rounds. It was mm-hmm. divisional, championship, World Series. That was it. Um, I guess we could do that again, but like, that's bad for money. Because you, oh you want more teams, more fan bases to pay money to see more, more teams. teams, more games televised, more. I mean, you've got now two fan bases who wouldn't have made the playoffs in other years uh, who are now playing for a championship series. Yeah. Uh, and you're getting them excited not only for this year, but what next year could be, right? Uh, and same thing with like the Seattle Mariners. They wouldn't have gotten in other years. But now they get to get in, they get to break their sh- playoff streak, they get to build around their young core and they continue on for next year. So I I don't know what the complaint is. Like, I don't think we're doing anything ill towards these 100 win teams. I think they just had a week off and squandered it. That's the other thing. You had a week off. The Braves threw the guys they wanted to throw when they wanted to throw them. Yep. And they still couldn't beat the Phillies. You know, likewise with the Dodgers, you had all week uh, to, you know, stay ready, uh, kind of, you know, tinker with the rotation, mm-hmm. who wants to throw when, and all that. And mano a mano, the Padres beat you. So I don't know. I, I really don't have sympathy for these 100-win teams. Uh, now, the other complaint that I'm hearing is that the series wasn't long enough so that in a seven-game series, maybe the Dodgers do take care of business against the Padres. Or in a seven-game series, Maybe the Phillies, you know, have to go back to Atlanta. Maybe it doesn't work out in their favor. Um, either way, we'd be up 3-1. And who's got momentum there? Like, that's, yeah. Just so, another elimination game. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, we'll maybe, maybe we do lose in Atlanta, but we're coming right back to Philly. Yep. And you haven't shown us that you can beat us in Philly yet. So, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think chalking it up to the bye is uh, – really minimizing how good these teams have been that they're facing. That's the thing. Like, And it's not like the Phillies weren't just on the road for three weeks in a row. Yep. I mean, 10 road games to end their regular season. Then they have to go to St. Louis for three games. They only ended up being there for two because they ended up sweeping the Cardinals. And then they go to Atlanta for two more games. Like, they're on the road for so long, and then they finally get back and... 
home cooking. I mean, that's all it took. Yeah. So it's not like the Phillies didn't have a tough path to get to where they are. It's not yeah. like the Padres didn't have a tough path. They had to play the best team in baseball. Yeah. And beat them three out of four, which they did. So I don't really get the beef with with how the playoffs are formatted. I don't know. What do you think, Evan? I, I think the new playoff format is great. <laughs> I, I've benefited from it, but I also I see what you're saying, but also you're getting a buy. That just tells me that those teams mismanaged the buy. Sure. And I know it's the first one. I'll give them that. Yeah. But also, you've had weeks off before. You've had days off before. What, what are you going to do? Uh, like, hi, do we not all get the week off for the All-Star break? Like, yeah. What did you do then? <laughs> Sit it, around, drink beers with the boys? Uh, yeah, I guess so. It looked like you did. Um, the other thing that's tough about it is <laughs> I'm not so sure that the Dodgers are so much better than the Padres. That's what I'm saying. That's what I, I really think that chalking it up to just, oh, they're coming off a bye. Like what New a, playoff format, yeah. That, no, that team might actually just be better than you. They looked better. They looked dominant. Tell me right now that if the Phillies didn't have Bryce Harper injured two different stints of the season, that this team wouldn't have won more more than whatever it was, 87, 89 games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Kyle Schwarber down and injured for a good chunk of the season. Like Gene Segura. Yep. I, I mean, you name it, they had an injury there. Uh, we didn't have a center fielder until the trade deadline. Yep. We didn't have, uh, you know, a consistent right fielder. We had to play Matt Veerling for long stretches of the season as our starting right center fielder because Nick Castellanos got hurt. Yep. Like, everybody was hurt at different times. Yep. Wheeler was hurt. So, once we get everybody back, I feel like it should come as no surprise that we're just as good, if not better, than this other team that we finished, what, 10 games behind, 12 games behind in the yeah, absolutely. standings? Like, like you had no idea what you were facing until everybody was in there and all the pieces were coming together. Like you didn't know what you were facing. That's fine. You weren't prepared for it. But don't chalk it up to oh we had a week off. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. The the whole statistic of wins above replacement should probably tell you something. You know, Bryce Harper, an MVP last year. We lose him for long, long stretches. We're gonna lose more games than we would have absolutely had he been there. So also we had a quarter of a season season with a bad manager. Exactly. Like. We we literally got a hard reset yeah. a third of the way through the season. Also, just looking back at the Dodgers' schedule, come on. These are freaking meatball teams all over the place. They played Cincinnati a bunch. They played Chicago a bunch. They played Pittsburgh like 20 times. Played Arizona. The hardest team they played in the first half was the Mets. Like, mm. that also pads your stats. So, yeah, they played Chicago like 25 times. That's not real 25 times, but yeah. it looks like that on the <laughs> schedule. But, um, I, I mean, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, Philly's got blasted by Chicago, so. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. You know, these good teams, they take care of business against the bad teams. And the NL West passed the Padres and the Dodgers. The next best team was the Giants. And they were nothing to write home about. Yeah. Uh, and then you get the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Like, that's your division. And you could say the same thing about the NL East, right? But I would venture to say that I think the Marlins are better than those two teams. I can't say the same about the Nationals, but I mean, still got three out of the five teams in the playoffs, so Hi, if the Phillies are fully healthy, I'm not sure there's three teams in that division that get to 95 wins. A hundred, like That's a really good division. Yeah. So when you're playing those teams, 
I think we played good competition well this year. So I, I don't know. I am very much a fan of this because it has allowed the Phillies to get to where they are. Uh, but I'm also just not a fan of these people with the excuse of, well, the bye, you know, made them cold and whatever. I, I'm not sure they couldn't have beat you without a bye. So hmm. just kind of take it as it is, and we'll see what happens. But you know what I'm hoping for. Hmm. So uh, after the break, we will talk a little bit about some college football and maybe some professional football, too. Maybe. Honey, the showerhead's dripping again. How in the H-E double hockey sticks am I supposed to get that fixed? If it's home improvement that you seek, go to the place that can't be beat. Whoa! Who are you? I'm the Home Improvement Haven Wizard, here to grant your every wish. From the biggest construction job to simply just a new soap dish. I hear that you need a new shower head. I know a place with the widest spread. Home Improvement Haven is the place to be. Follow me there, and you will soon see. At Home Improvement Haven, we work to keep you working. Yard, paint, fixtures, and construction, we have what you need. With a community focus that those big box stores can't replicate, we offer a new place to get your work done. Home Improvement Haven, your solution around the corner. Now for your headline huddle. Tennessee took down Alabama 52 to 49 yesterday for the first time in 15 years. Chase McGrath's 40-yard field goal as time expired sealed the Volunteers' victory and delivered Alabama their first loss of the year. Tennessee fans wasted no time before kicking off the celebrations by stealing the goalposts off the field and throwing them in the Tennessee River. In F1 news this week, the FIA announced that they have found Red Bull guilty of exceeding the budget cap for the 2021 season. While they did not disclose the amount that the cap was exceeded by, it was considered a minor offense, meaning it was less than 5% of the $145 million limit. Red Bull will have the opportunity to appeal the decision or reach a settlement agreement with the FIA, at which point a penalty will be determined. And finally, a National League Division Series game between the Dodgers and the Padres had a special guest appearance in the bottom of the eighth inning when a greater white-fronted goose took the field. Gameplay continued with the foul on the field for a short time before they were successfully removed from the playoff field. The goose was also removed. Stay classy, San Diego. Back to you, Evan and Silas. Um, for all of the streakers that we've had highlighted on mm-hmm. this show, mm-hmm. um, many of whom animal rights activists and uh, advocates. Mm-hmm. Where the hell are they when goalposts get tossed into a river? Mm. Are they damaging to fish? That seems like it's harmful to a natural... I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know the Tennessee River. <laughs> uh, Maybe it's a... like You know how like, people, they like sink cars to like coral grow on it to... Oh, maybe. Entice Coral. Maybe that's what they were doing. Maybe that's all it is. I- I'm sure the Tennessee... Like, because this goalpost thing, 
Uh, it comes from a historical upset of when uh, Alabama was ranked third or second or something, and Tennessee was unranked mm. uh, back in the day, and they ripped the goalposts and put them in the river. So, like, I get it's an ode to that, I guess. Um, and they did it again. But how many goalposts are at the bottom of the Tennessee River? That's one. Did they get both of them or just no, the one? No, okay, so they post? got the crossbar off of one and they tried to get that one out, I think, and that one they were stopped by police when they got out of the stadium <laughs> and the other, I think they got the full goalpost in the river. Now, the other nice. question that comes to mind when uh, vandalism occurs is these are college students. Uh, I would imagine uh, they are of the intoxicated variation. Um, what happens to said student? Like, because... <laughs> Not what, it, you know, Rome Nothing wasn't happens. built in a day and those goalposts weren't ripped down by one person. So, like, how do they go about I don't think they're going to do anything. And then now they have to get new goalposts. Sounds like they should have had stronger goalposts. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, how are you building a goalpost strong enough to stop the uh, shove of 100,000 people on the field? Mm. I cannot. Someone had to have a ratchet set. Are they, they're, they took the goalposts off the crossbar. They had to have ripped them. There's no way somebody got in with a ratchet set. I think that was brute force. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was just a unified Never underestimate front, brute the brute effort. force of <laughs> hundreds of thousands volunteers. of drunk volunteers. Yes. I think they just like get slotted into a thing in the ground. Oh, well, the goalpost itself gets slotted. But I'm talking about like, did they take the two uprights Arms. off of the crossbeam? Because there is a you know, a clear like bolt attachment there. Here, I can show but. you the, this is the image on Yahoo Sports is, I'm dropping it. But it's crazy. It, and there was a video last night of them. Uh, I, I don't know what that, what that's called, where you kind of like pass and then you quick run to the front and then you receive it and you keep like passing it up. But they were doing that up the bleachers. Hmm. Look in the thing. I just put a picture of what it looked like from behind. And out of the stadium, I assume. Uh, but yeah, college football, kind of crazy. Fun, but kind of crazy. Uh, moving on to the NFL coaching carousel. We're starting early this year uh, because five games into the NFL season, and we already have a vacancy. Mm. The Carolina Panthers have parted ways with friend of the show, friend Matt the show. Rule. <laughs> Good riddance, Matt. Yeah, suck it, dude. So Matt Rule, if you don't know, um, really hits Evan and Sydney in a tough place. Um, it, it's almost like the dad they never got to <laughs> to see. Am I right? Do, I mean, am I? You're exactly right. <laughs> the dad I never got to see. You know, it's like the, you know. Yeah, we have probably some abandonment issues with Matt Rule. <laughs> with Matt Rule. Uh, you know, used to be the coach Temple uh, left in the uh, in the cover of night. Uh, and now was an was an NFL coach, uh, no longer one and four start. Uh, the Panthers had seemed to, uh, I don't know. He's been there for what three years now. Is this, it really that been that long? This he started his, in twenty twenty. Yeah, this was his third year, uh, and it didn't start off great. Um, obviously, he was working with Sam Darnold, uh, and then they also brought in Baker Mayfield because maybe they thought it was the quarterback, but. Obviously did not work because one and four and neither quarterback has looked good. And so, Baker's hurt now. Yeah, now Baker's hurt. So they've elected 
to just dismiss the coach, and it looks like the Panthers are moving towards a full rebuild. Um, they probably should. They probably should. They need the quarterback for sure. The defense, I always thought, was the best part of this team, uh, and it was really letting them down at times, at crucial times. And when that happens, you really can only blame the coaching. Um, but this headline just came through, actually, but Christian McCaffrey, their star, I mean, really the only star on that team. Star, in quotes, <laughs> cannot stay healthy. Correct. Uh, their vulnerable star. He is now <laughs> up for trade. So they have started to hear offers on Christian, which suggests that they're trying to gain draft capital to uh, eventually move towards that rebuild. So happen fast. Happens fast in the NFL. Uh, you get a couple yeah. weeks and that's it. Yeah, I don't know what team would, would want him to have the room for him. I imagine it's one of these teams that uh, we, we've talked earlier about how the NFL is, you know, not really top heavy this year. It's actually bottom heavy because mm. most teams are not, you know, other than obviously the Eagles, Evan. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But like most teams are fighting in the middle of packs right now. So, you know, is Christian McCaffrey somebody that the Denver Broncos bring in? Christian McCaffrey is going to go to the Rams. Here's why. Because they're dropping Cam Akers. They're just going to do a one for one, one in, one out Cam Akers to Carolina. Yeah, but they have no draft picks. If their heir was a team to trade away their 2033 first round draft pick, it's this is going to be it. I'm just thinking about a team who's pretty good, who has a top five draft pick probably next year. Listen, here's Don't the thing. Don't look at me like that. It's definitely not the Eagles. Here's the thing. The Rams are just done with this guy, though. They don't. They're not letting him play any more snaps. He's done. He's not playing for them ever again. They're just trying to get him out the door. Who, Cam Akers? Yeah. Poor Cam Akers, man. What a fall from grace. And you want to talk about a, uh, another running back who can't stay healthy. Uh, it's Cam Akers. It seems like it would be an easy flip to just say, hey, we'll give you Cam Akers. That's what I'm saying. And our uh, 2062 first-round pick. <laughs> oh, wow, another for, 30 uh, years? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that's the, we're going to get to a point eventually where Sean McVay <laughs> has – I mean, they're going to be like, dude, you're not alive in, in 20 – They're going to have to hold open practice for people in Los Angeles to come play football. What if I could, what if I could sweeten the deal a little bit and throw in my 2107 first-round pick? <laughs> uh, maybe. The NFL is definitely going to be around <laughs> that long. That's what, like, I, I just can't imagine the Rams trading another – You know uh, what they have this year, like four draft picks? They never have anybody. And Von Miller's up and left them. Uh, you know, luckily they still have Jalen Ramsey. He was the other really big name, and Matt Stafford, uh, that they traded large. noticeable. Oh, just for trades. But it's it's definitely a trend. Exclusion. It's definitely a well, Matt Stafford, he's gotta be hurt, right? I'm sure. We he's gotta be back being a line. We gotta call Brooklyn because Brooklyn. She would be the one to tell us what's going on with Matt Stafford. <laughs> I don't know. know. I'm going to message her right now and ask. Because I don't think it's him. I really don't. It's got to be some sort of injury. Maybe he misses the security of an Odell Beckham Jr. But it seems as though the injury to Van Jefferson was way bigger than I think we gave it credit for. Um, it <laughs> Hold on. Stop. Ari Miroff just tweeted, the Rams are actively trying to trade running back Cam Akers. <laughs> Three minutes ago. Wonder, I, that's why I just said it. It literally just for. came up when we started this. Huh, I wonder who for. Uh, yeah, but it, interesting 
thing to keep our finger on the pulse as to who gets this Christian McCaffrey uh, and why he will have a season-ending injury in two weeks. <laughs> Elsewhere in the NFL, uh, another head coach on this coaching carousel who may be on the hot seat. His seat is definitely heating up. Uh, is the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron. Hmm. He seems to be on a sinking ship. Uh, maybe he was impaled by one of those field goal posts. You never know. Maybe. Also former Panthers coach. For <laughs> Man, really it's dunking disease, on the Panthers. man. Yeah, it is. It is oh. you know? uh, but anyway, so Ron Rivera, he got a win this week on another ugly Thursday night football game. I mean, is it put this on the poll. Do you bother tuning into Thursday night football anymore? Because you couldn't have gotten much worse. The commanders, I, who'd they even play? The bears. Oh, disgusting. And then don't worry. You get a barn burner next year. The new Orleans saints versus Arizona next year, next yeah. year. Ne- it's, I might as well wait till next year. Honestly, like just scrap it and do it again what next year. What was the thing we saw the other day about making them stay in Thursday night until they win and then... Well, that's... Okay, so we, there was one tweet. I don't have the Twitter account up right now to give them credit, but I will say that this is not at a Silas Gilzo original idea. Um, we saw one tweet this week that said, I think to make Thursday night football a little bit more interesting... And to avoid other teams having to constantly play all the time, uh, is we should have a Thursday night football game at the beginning of the year, and whoever loses has to play next Thursday. So they get the full week, but you have to keep playing on Thursday, and you just keep putting a new team, and it's kind of like King of the Hill, except it's loser of the hill, <laughs> and the only way you can start playing again on Sundays or Mondays is by winning that Thursday night matchup. So you get, you know, a team like the Bears would probably be stuck on Thursday night football until they could somehow upset like the Lions or somebody. Right. Hmm. So that would make Thursday night football a little bit more interesting. Uh, even with that idea, I don't want to watch it, unfortunately. <laughs> I just... I'm just glad Amazon's getting what was coming to them. Like, they deserve that. I mean, the last couple of weeks, man, we've watched Tua... Have his brain scrambled. We've watched <laughs> Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan versus Russell w- Wilson. Emphasis on the L in Wilson. Russell L. Uh, and now we got. And, and for all of that, <laughs> we got the reward of getting to watch the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears in the worst uniforms I've ever seen. These guys, I mean, the games have been embarrassing. It's like kind of hard to watch. But anyway, back to Riverboat Ron. He's on the hot seat because the commander's not good. Uh, This week, he sparked some outrage, I would say, with some comments he made about, he was asked a question, why is your team, as compared to the Giants, as compared to the Cowboys, as compared to the Eagles, the other teams in the NFC East, why are you guys underperforming? Why do you guys have the only losing record? And one-word response, which, crazy, one-word response, he says, Quarterback. Quarterback. Who's his quarterback? Carson Wentz. But we, by all standards and metrics, Carson Wentz hasn't been horrible. 
he's literally trying everything he can and the team just stinks and i they <laughs> they clinically stink i don't know if this was like a clever way to like undermine and i can't imagine mm, two people who think more differently than carson wentz and ron rivera but i don't know if this was a way to like try and create a scapegoat so that he can start the guy he actually believes in i don't know but it, it was a weird exchange by a guy who's really always been a team first us uh kind of coach to you know scapegoat one player on the team yeah. i would be more inclined to think he might be trying to undermine dan snyder mm. actually because it all came out this week that he had the um final say in bringing carson wentz in that was like his big move that he wanted to make over the summer was bringing Wentz in. And with all the crap that's going on with Snyder right now, I wonder if that wasn't a. So you bring up an interesting point, which is that the owner of the Washington commanders uh, is a garbage bag. And one of the things there, there's new allegations and new information into the horrible organization that Dan Snyder has um, created in Washington. And brings up an interesting point of like why hasn't he been held accountable punished by the other league owners mm -hmm. and there is a working theory that maybe he has some information on other owners mm. that they don't want out so they're not holding him accountable the way they probably should oh well let me let me assure you jerry jones says that's not the case but we all know how uh, say, trustworthy is, a source that is. I was about to say, that is not the Class A1 source that we need. No offense to Jerry Jones in any way. Full offense to Full Jerry offense. Jones in all ways. Of the people that I would think Dan Snyder has dirt on, he is top two. Yep. It is Jerry Jones. It is Robert Kraft. Yep. Those are the two. Any other ones you'd like to throw in Congratulations there? Congratulations to Robert Kraft. No, don't even. <laughs> Just got married. He did. At he 85 did. years old or old he is. It's never too late, people. If, that, if there's <laughs> one thing we can take. Everyone. If there's something we can take from the Robert Kraft getting married story this weekend, it's that never too late. Uh, let's make a quick pit stop oh. to Sport Court. I was going to say, do you want to move Sport Court to the third segment? All right. After the break, we'll hit Sport Court. Hey, sports fans. Are you sick of getting dogged by other sports books? Need something different and exciting to bet on? Well, introducing My Vet Bet, the only sports book that doesn't monkey with your money. With thousands of prop bets across all your favorite sports, from horse racing to dog shows, fishing and more, you'll never run out of things to bet on. And with our new Ask a Vet feature, you can ask the advice of a real licensed veterinarian and what their thoughts are on the competitors. So you can have the confidence that you're making a great bet every time. My Vet Bet, where there is always a bonus for betting the underdog. We're offering $100 in free bets with promo code NEUTER. Our betting is no bull. So join us at My Vet Bet. And leave those other sports books to the wolves. All 
I'll rise. The Honorable R.S. Waterboy presiding. Welcome to Sport Court. Uh, last week we had a <laughs> couple scenarios in which Bobby Wagner uh, made contact with, what can we say, a uh, violator of league rules? I mean, a trespasser? A trespasser, yes. Mm. Uh, you're not allowed to run on the field, obviously. So uh, he did what he had to do. And obviously, we're going to hold him accountable for that. In today's sport court we have the defendant being none other than las vegas raiders receiver Devonte adams mm. who after a disappointing monday night loss and did you see that game i did not i was doing homework woof they were down one they needed a field goal they're driving down the field Devonte oh, adams this, has a toe tap catch on the sideline that was deemed incomplete because he didn't get both feet in he was upset about it. On a fourth down play, he and fellow receiver Hunter Renfro cross routes and run into each other as the ball falls incomplete. They lose the game by one point, 10, 20 yards away from field goal range. That's how it all went out. So Devontae Adams clearly upset with both himself, his teammates, and the game in general. Uh is getting pretty fiery on the sidelines. And as he's walking out of the stadium, a uh, I don't know if this was a Kansas City employee or if it was just a freelancing photographer uh, was holding some sort of uh, equipment, whether it was a microphone or a camera, whatever, uh, and tried to cross in front of the tunnel that Devontae Adams was heading towards. And Devontae Adams just unprompted pushes the guy over and then walks by him into the tunnel. That photographer went and filed a police report against Devontae Adams. And now it has been said that Devontae Adams is being charged with a misdemeanor for said shove. I don't know if you've seen the video yet. I have. I have not. It's also been updated. It's a city ordinance violation of assault. So I think maybe technically a misdemeanor. It might even actually be below a misdemeanor. What's below a misdemeanor? A, a city, city ordinance, ordinance violation, I think. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, what's the penalty? Is there a fine, I'm sure? It's probably a fine and maybe pay, community pay the service guy or, something. or something like that. It's probably not community service. It's probably just a fine mm. and maybe um, restitution to the guy he pushed. Now, unlike last week's uh, person who was assaulted... Uh, this person was contracted and was allowed to be where he was. I mean, uh, we say all the time, you know, like, does that, this is in basketball, but like, does that person have a right to where he's standing because he's, you know, in a legal guarding position, right? Uh, this guy had every right to be where he was, and Devontae Adams misplaced him uh, mm. by just running him over. And, Whereas I can sympathize with frustration after losing a close game that you probably should have won, uh, especially on a play that, you know, he makes nine times out of 10. This is an yeah. all pro receiver. 
He is an amazing, amazing player, uh, and he just didn't get his feet down, and it becomes this big thing. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think of this? Uh, I don't know. I think he also came out and said, like, hey, I'm totally in the wrong. I'm so sorry. I'm going to you know, follow through with everything. So I think he was in the wrong. I think he was, he was still in the game, even though he was off the field. And uh, let his let his emotions get the best of him, which I think is does what this he make said. You, does this make you think any less of somebody like Devontae Adams? Because I, for me, at least last week, the Bobby Wagner hit really didn't make me think any less of him. Um, this definitely changes my tune on Devontae Adams a little bit. A tiny bit, but I don't know. I understand like what he was feeling. You're in a hostile environment. Now, like, let me. It, it, he did wrong. But I think he was just being an athlete. Yeah, I guess. But like, if he had made that catch and they called it incomplete on the sideline, and he was running, you know, off the sideline, and you know, in the process, pushed a cheerleader or pushed like one of those parabolic microphone guys, like, would we see it the same way, or is it just because it's frustration and we're like, ah, he's blown off steam? I get it. Because that poor guy. I mean, not only is there the I just got pushed over by Devonte Adams. Uh, on TV, like there's that public embarrassment part of it uh, that kind of goes overlooked. I, I think we'd be in the same situation. I don't think. I don't think he did it out of malice. I think he did it out of frustration. So mm. to 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 huh. put that hypothetical for that for him, if he would have done it, had he caught the catch, right? I don't think that would have happened. Oh, absolutely not. They probably would have at least had a field goal attempt put up. Uh, don't know if they would have made it. I don't want to speculate on that, but I mean, there's just no, you can't, even if you're frustrated, you can't do that. You can't do that. I'm not especially excusing when it. You, yeah. Huh? I'm not excusing it. No, I, I, I know. Just saying. It's just, it's a bad look. It's a bad look for that player. Uh, it's a bad look for the coach too. I, I think like as much as you want to, you know, have a good play there, you got to keep your, Emotions in check. Yeah. Speaking of emotions being held in check, uh, you mm. can't say that for what happened in the Michigan-Penn State game yesterday. Uh, Evan, I'm sure your eyes were glued to the TV. No, oh. I was watching the Phillies game. Well, can't blame you. Uh, if you had missed it, while every other Philadelphia sports team was winning yesterday, Penn State falls 41-17 to the University of Michigan at the Big House. Now. Ha -ha. Right before halftime, Penn State had the lead, 14-13. Michigan, last-second field goal, makes it 16-14. And then there was like a verbal exchange in the tunnel. I will never understand why they make opposing teams <laughs> go through a same, the same tunnel. I don't get it. Because uh, Michigan Stadium is old as dirt. Well, that's true. It's an old feature of a stadium. But uh, there was just some verbal words exchanged, and that seemed to light a fire under the Michigan Wolverines because they go out and absolutely pummel Penn State in the second half there. Uh, it was not pretty. Hmm. Not pretty at all. But uh, I'll take it. But Evan will take it. He remains undefeated. Uh, we are we're in the playoff, are we not? No. Are not they, yet. Are they still doing four teams this year? Is it They're only doing now? four teams this year. They have taken a preliminary poll, and I would say like six or seven out of the ten people they asked had Michigan in that as the fourth spot. 
Not bad. Not That's bad. I'll take it. Uh, let's spin some wheel, Evan. I'll mm-hmm. give you some options here. Uh, I haven't picked the USO in a little bit. Let's go to the USO and National Parks. We'll keep it government this week. It's the USO. Long-time listener, first-time caller of the USO. Wow, he's on a streak. Here we go. <laughs> Wins all around. Wins week. all around. Except for the Temple football owls who got blasted on Thursday night. Yeah, uh, that was an embarrassing football. one. That was a tough one to take, huh? Oh, well. It's all right. You got the dub of Matt Rule being fired. So Yeah. The, the silver linings. It's yeah. the silver lining. Uh, speaking of game picks... Let's make ours now. So if you're keeping track for this week that you will now know the results of, uh, this week I have Baltimore minus 3.5 against the Giants. Evan has Jacksonville to cover 2.5 against the Colts. And Sydney has taken the San Francisco 49ers to cover at least 5.5 against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, we will make picks for week 7 of the NFL. Evan, who are you picking? I am going to take Kansas City plus one half of a point. So basically, I'm just picking Kansas City to win uh, against San Francisco because I have no idea why Kansas City is an underdog. I really think you're underrating the 49ers. I, other than George Kittle and Jimmy G, can't think of anyone on the team. D'Amico Ryans has that defense playing. Mm-hmm. We'll I, find out. I really, really. I like just them. don't think that they, in any any capacity, could stop Pat Mahomes. That's fair. That, that is honestly a pretty good bet to make. If I was to bet for Pat Mahomes or against it, more times yeah. out of ten, I'd say definitely bet for him. Uh, Sydney, who are you going with? Jacksonville minus one against the Giants. Wow, riding the Jacksonville high. Sometimes yeah, I think, heck? well, maybe my problem is that I'm just picking what I'm hoping for and <laughs> not what I think will actually happen. This is wishful picking. Well, yeah, I mean, wishful picking. I get it. So far this year, Sydney is one and five. No, so if you're excuse a, me, one and four. If you're a betting uh, a betting soul, pretty much do the opposite of whatever I've been picking. <laughs> uh, my pick will be Green Bay versus the. Washington Commanders. I don't know if Ron Rivera will be around by then. I Carson don't Wentz know. may not be playing. He's a broken hand. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. It's a real injury. Did you doom him when we said the whole thing about Dak Prescott? Oh, it's another broken Carson hand. Wentz that's what I'm saying. Carson Wentz didn't need dooming. Okay, fair enough. Put that on the poll. Did Carson Wentz need dooming? Yes or no? What would you say? I don't think he needs dooming. I would also say he does he's, not he's on need a He's on a team destined for doom after being doomed by two other teams. So Fair. He seems to be destined to be doomed. <laughs> destined to, to be doomed. That's an amazing title. That should be the title of the show. <laughs> uh, we will see you guys next week. Is next week the... Uh, next week, special guest. We got finally, after weeks of trying to track him down... We have a very, very special guest for you next week. We got fun things planned. Uh, hopefully, we will talk a little bit about the Phillies. Their first game is on Tuesday, so when this comes out, uh, I'm very excited. Hopefully, we're not eliminated by then. <laughs> hopefully. No. Uh, but tune in next week. It'll be episode 8-0. Wow. 
the Red Shirt Water Boys podcast. Need a refill? Listen to past shows by subscribing to our podcast feed. Stay in the loop by following us on social media. On Twitter, at redshirt underscore pod. On Instagram, redshirt underscore waterboys. Or just email us at redshirtwaterboys at gmail.com.